This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing, based in Motorvale, Sydney's northern beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out in line and get your order in, or why not visit the brewery? Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Round five is done and dusted. We've also got a Super Rugby final to talk about. So much footy. Here to talk through all the action is Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round five wrap. Joining me in the podcast room again, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Swainy, we'll start with you, mate. Just got back from uh, north of the border with a Super Rugby trophy in hand from your beloved Reds. How was the weekend, mate? An epic final. Yeah, fellas, uh, oh, just battling a little bit, but um, it was uh, awesome. Yeah, really good. Is that Trevor <laughs> Gilmeister on the line? Or? <laughs> Brad, that was my best Brad Thorne. Um, it was uh, it was unreal. How good was it at Suncorp on Saturday night? 42,000 fans, um, you know, a, a, a result that went right down to the wire. Um, I feel like rugby's back on the back of that. Um, we've said it a few times before over the last few years, but that mm. one felt very special. Yeah, it was special. Uh, Casho, enjoy that one, mate, on Saturday night after a day of club footy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I went up to 2G Melbourne and then sort of came home and uh, uh, had, uh, had 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 a steak and a, and a few red wines, but uh, really, really enjoyed uh, not uh, not only the game, but the way it was presented, Swaney. And listen, hats off to everyone there at Stan Sport. The energy that they got, uh, I uh, I watched it on uh, Channel 9 and it, it came over really well. So congratulations to all concerned. Some amazing um, ratings, which is, which is fantastic. Uh, Chief Rugby Scribe, now the SMH, uh, Wayne Smith's calling it the shot in the arm that rugby needed. Um, and obviously, optimisms that are an all-time high in the ga- in the game, and it's uh, typical that we're going into battle with the Kiwis this week just to test that resolve. I would say, Swaney. Yeah, it's um, look. I think this week's going to be very tough, isn't it, for Australian rugby after after such a high? Um, you know, I was in the airport uh, on Sunday morning, and the Brumbies were there, and they've got to head over to Christchurch, and they're they're playing the Crusaders, the Chiefs, and the Blues three consecutive weeks in New Zealand. Um, and they look like, uh, it looked like an episode out of MASH. Like it was that, they were busted. So um, it's it's going to be a tough weekend. Um, you just hope that a couple of these Aussie teams can can get up and, and just show us what we all suspect might be happening. And that is that um, Australian rugby is on the rise. We just we just hope, we just got to live in hope this weekend, I reckon. Mm. Well, then, and also, boys, I'd uh, I'd love to throw uh, a, a lazy twenty. If you two want to throw uh, a, a couple of ten bucks in, we'll uh, we'll put some money on the on the Waratahs to what? win to win the Trans Tasman at five hundred and one to one. So uh, good odds there. Yeah, the odds across the board are unbelievable. But the Reds are playing three bucks against I put the Highlanders. Five leg multi, all the Aussie teams um, this mm-hmm. afternoon, and it pays twenty thousand dollars. So um, I've just put a sneaky fiver on there for a hundred k collect. Um, that should be a bit of fun. Mm, just quickly on on the game itself and some of the performances. 
Taniel Atupo is the most marketable footballer I've seen in Australia probably since Wendell Saylor. He's just got that all-star appeal. He's just a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, player, and he's just got such charisma. But the big talking point after the game, apart from Tupo, is has been the uh, resurgence of James O'Connor, not just as a footballer, but uh, as an individual. It's been super impressive uh, to have those two players um, this season, Swaney, at their best. Yeah. Oh, look, firstly on James O'Connor, I mean, you know, the the redemption story is almost complete, isn't it, for him? He, um, he He's mm. just turned into this wonderful leader, uh, the leader that Queensland needed. You know, Liam Wright is their captain, but James O'Connor has been leading them, and uh, and and so you know it was so it was just so well deserved that that he was the guy who crashed over and scored that try. Um, you know the shots of all of them celebrating together, um, going nuts. But he was so he just remained so calm. It was almost like you know the maturity of the guy now. Um, you know, almost took away from the moment for him. He just he just soaked it in. Um, at that that at that critical moment, so it was that was really cool. And then Taniela Tupa, I couldn't agree more. I just think he's he is is such a beast on the rugby field, mm. such a character off the rugby field. Mm. Um, he's got it all, and uh, and he's a guy that we can you know you can build a, a campaign around, a team around. Um, you know the Reds have done that, and uh, you know it, the the beauty of Taniela Tupa isn't just. The, the value that get you get out of him for eighty minutes of the game around the field, it's it's in his set piece as well. He just draws scrums, doesn't he? Yeah, he and, does. Um, he does. And that's that's such a that is his bread and butter. And um, so to to see that, um, you know, oh, it's it's so exciting. He's he's absolutely my favourite player. And then to see the guy crying on TV afterwards, saying you know, saying that he loves his mummy, did it, did it for his mummy, hadn't seen her since twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, chatting to Sonny Bill Williams, it, w- it was just, the, it's the full package, isn't it? It was unreal. Yeah, he really brings a warm and fuzzy to the screen. Can you talk me through, though? I mean, it was a final and they just were dominating the Brumby scrum. They get two late penalties and they've gone for the two quick taps. It was just, I couldn't work out what was going on. Dal Guno made the first tap and then Tupo got the five-metre run-up, which was just unbelievable. And, yeah, look, debatable. There might have been a slight knock-on from Spider-Cam. But uh, yeah. it was just a bizarre ending to the game, wasn't it, Casho? Yeah, listen, it, uh, it, it certainly was. Um, I, I, I'm not even sure whether the thing goes to extra time or what, what the story is, if it's all all sort of tied up. But, uh, yeah, it was one of the uh, the most dramatic uh, endings that I've seen at that level for uh, for quite some time. So, uh Taniello Tupo, listen, he's an absolute superstar. I think uh, I think the North might be calling for him once he's uh, once he's off, once he's off contract because they absolutely love their props up there. Mm, if he was yeah. an All Black, he'd just be uh, he'd just be huge, wouldn't he? I mean, like we're so lucky to have him. He's uh, he's just so marketable and so personable and such a good footballer. It's uh, you know hopefully he can deliver in spades for the Wallabies this year because I. You know, they probably didn't get the best out of him last season, but he seems like he's he's taken his game to another level. So we'll watch with eager eyes uh, what's happened with the Trans-Tasman comp this week. Um, we get our wish to play the Kiwi sides. But um, just in, in closing down on sort of that Super Rugby AU stuff, I think, it, I think you know, from a, from a marketing perspective, obviously we've had real struggles against the Kiwi sides in 2017, 2018. 
The It was a lopsided uh, 40 games to nil against the Kiwis. Do you think we've got to keep our own comp, Swaney? Yeah, uh, look, I actually think that even if they do go to just a full trans-Tasman, what's mm. to say that you can't spend the first five weeks playing against each other? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, keep that opening five weeks as full derby rounds and then you can... Uh, and then you can go across the ditch and play the rest of the season that way. But it was, um, yeah, I, I, I really like the idea of keeping Super Rugby AU um, to start with, to start the season with. I just, it, it's been so successful. How good is it to see an Australian team win every week? Yeah. So um, that's that's what I fear we won't see the next few weeks. But, but um, you know, in saying that, I, I do think that there's, talent in these, uh, particularly the Reds and the Brumbies, I reckon, and even the Force, I reckon, could beat and could surprise a couple of these Kiwi sides. Um, they need us more than we need them, put it that way. I think that's probably where, where we're at at the moment. Mm. I, I think, boys, the scenario probably with these Australian Super Rugby teams is, if, if, if I could dial it back to a shoot shield uh, sort of like uh, scenario, it'd be like having to play university every week. It just grinds you down after a while. And I, I think teams benefit from uh, from being able to express themselves a bit more, which they have been in, in Super Rugby AU rather than uh, rather than have that, uh, that 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 thing hanging over them uh, each week of uh, of. of of trying to rack up a win in New Zealand or against the New Zealand team in Australia, it, uh, it takes its toll. Mm, the way the crowd celebrated on Saturday night, it wouldn't have mattered if it was a trans-Tasman or the World Cup. They were absolutely pumped. So it just goes to show, doesn't it? You put a market a competition well and, and get, get good teams and entertaining rugby, um, there's certainly a formula for success. So really promising signs of the professional game in Australia on the weekend. Right, we'll jump straight into the shoot shield action because there's plenty to talk about. Some very interesting results over the weekend. We might start with the action at Chatswood Oval where Gordon has snuck home on the bell um, to take down Southern Districts 26-23. Kasia, this is a game that uh, was always going to be a bit of an interesting one for Gordon because they just come off the bye and South seemingly had been gathering some form. And they pushed Gordon all the way, just getting the chocolates uh, at Chatswood, mate. Yeah, all things being equal, uh, it was probably South's game for the taking. But for the second week in a row, they they, they just couldn't get the job done. And uh, a little try sneak from uh, from the scrum base from Jacob Abel uh, got them home. Uh, uh, it was in the 86th minute when uh, when that happened. I actually spoke to Geordie Goddard, the uh, the Gordon captain, uh, earlier this week, and uh, he said he thought he he buggered up the, uh, the the ball delivery at at the back of the scrum because they were they were going for a a pushover or a penalty try, whichever one uh, sort of came first. Mm. But the uh, but the ball bobbled out from from under his feet, and uh, Jacob Abel was there to uh, to uh, you know get the uh, get the try in the end, but. Uh, Gordon very very disrupted by injury. Uh, I think they probably had six or seven uh, uh, backs not uh, not not available. Lost uh, lost Kurt heavily at uh, at halftime with a with a hamstring uh, tear, and uh, Jaylene Graham was yellow carded at uh, at one stage there. So uh, listen, uh, as Billy Melrose said to me, listen, doesn't matter how they come at this time of the year particularly in those circumstances, as, as, as long as they get the W, that, and that's the main thing. 
Yeah, I mean, South must just feel like they just can't take a trick at the moment, Swaney. They've been in a lot of games, but they're, you know, lost 4-1-1. Um, it's been a real tough start to the year for Southern Districts, but... Uh, you know, they're going to try and turn the worm as quickly as possible. They must just be looking around, starting to doubt a little bit of confidence at the moment. Yeah, and, and look, the, the one thing that has been their kind of, um, their rock has been their scrum, hasn't it? And they mm. folded at the back end of that game, which must be concerning. Um, you know, at the back end, obviously, uh, you know, replacements on the field and what have you, but... Um, it was uh, yeah, it was a it was a big couple of scrums from Gordon, wasn't it? In those those last few minutes, um, you know the scrum um, fought back to get Abel his first try. You know on the in the comeback, it was the 65th minute. Souths were leading 23-14, and then yep, um, you know the 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 scrum fought back for Gordon, and and then you know they just managed to just grind their way out of it. Um, so yeah, concerning for South, you'd think um, that they're they're normally really reliable, a uh, rock of a play. Their scrum wasn't so reliable at the back end of that game. It's interesting the uh, the, the South draw at the front end of this competition is uh, it's a horror story every week. They uh, yeah. you know things all things all loosen up for them, and I think they'll come into finals contention. Uh, you know, by the by, the middle of the uh, the um, the second round. Yeah, there was a little bit of a COVID uh, restriction across this round on the week, and I forgot to precursor as we talked through results. There was a a bubble which re- reduced um, a lot of Waratahs that were available for shoot shoot on the weekend had to go uh, into the bubble pre the Trans Tasman comp, which did impact a few sides. One side that uh, seemingly got back up and running and, and had a good win out in Orange was Eastern Suburbs, uh, 50 points over the Western Sydney Two Blues, eight. Uh, pretty clinical performance here uh, from the Beasties, Casher. Yeah, very much so. Four tries to uh, Blake uh, Rickson. So, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're up and running again. Uh, obviously, they, uh, they really needed to, uh, to do that for their coach, Paulie Talmortia, because they've had a pretty patchy start to the uh, start to the season so they uh, they want to really sort of uh, get uh, get motoring along and uh, a bit of a, a bus trip to orange and uh, how many tries is one two three four five six seven tries and a penalty try uh, that's that's not a bad way to celebrate they uh, they even um, they even came close in the uh, in in the boat race uh, after the game against um, against one of the orange city teams so uh, second place there, but uh, won the game. Mm, oh, that's good to hear. They're having a good boat race out there in, in the regions. A couple of players caught my eyes there. Um, I thought uh, that Nick Eust is really catching my eye in the centres for the Beasties. Um, sort of, uh, yeah, just has a bit of guile about him. Uh, Archie Gavin and, and Donato I thought were really busy in, in the back row and Clay Ewan at the back. So uh, Beasties are probably just uh, ticking along, Swaney, just waiting for maybe a few reinforcements to arrive uh, later in the season. Yeah, the thing that I kind of noticed from from watching that game was, uh, I mean, it was, you know, 20 minutes in before the Beasties, you know, struck first the first blow. So, again, the two blues just, they stick mm. with you for 20 minutes and then, and then fall away. But, um, you know, the support play and, and you the way that they use their big men, um, you know, their tight five, uh, con, you know, they constructed some really lovely passages of play through the middle, I thought. Um, using a lot of their tight five players, and and I thought Archie Gavin, as as you said, 
was uh, was really eye catching in this performance yep. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that um, Paulie would be looking at at that game and and be pretty happy with some of the continuity that his side was starting to create, um, which. You know, there's been passages of it this year, but I thought it, I thought they did it consistently on the weekend. In, in that uh, Eastern Suburbs side, guys, uh, Hamish Moore, the uh, the starting hooker, made his first grade debut, and uh, he celebrated by uh, by heading off to Canberra this week for the Australian un, un, Under Twenties uh, camp. While uh, if you thought Archie Gavin had a familiar uh, Ring to it. It's uh, it's the son of Tim, the uh, the, mm. the Wallabies and uh, Eastern Suburbs great. So just the uh, the most recent past president of uh, Rugby Australia as well, Tim. Oh, I'm loving the synergy there. That's that's great. We might head over to Dremoyne Oval, uh, Casho, where we predicted last week that uh, Norse may have a little bit of a bat on their hands. We'd seen some some signs of life from the Pirates, and certainly they were made to work right up until sort of the last ten minutes there against the Pirates. Yeah, uh, impacted uh, by the uh, by the COVID situation with the Waratahs because they lost Jack Wetton. Uh, uh, Declan Carroll came in and, uh, and and subbed for him and did uh, did a pretty good job. But it was uh, it was the first twenty and the last twenty where uh, where, where North sort of motored away. Yep. A uh, couple of tries again to Reese Maher, who's uh, who's uh, up up there with uh, old Sydney Uni's Declan Moore in, in the try scoring ranks, but it was uh, it was one of those games. Norse always have a difficult encounter against uh, mm. against West Harbour, and uh, sometimes scores blow out. Other times they they uh, they remain uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, pretty close. But uh, Zach Beer told me on. Uh, on 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 Monday morning, that uh, West West really took it to them in that in those middle forty minutes, you know, the uh, the twenty minutes before halftime and the twenty minutes after. Two tries to Justin Masters for them, but uh, listen, they're uh, they're uh, a side that's going to grab a few uh, upset victories against some of the bigger sides as as the season goes on. Yeah, James Turner and um, and Connor Winchester in the centre is a brand new centre combination with Bury out and Russell out. I, th- I feel like they really miss those two guys. Casho, mm. I, I don't know what you think. I I feel like uh, you know, I, I mean, Winchester and uh, and Turner against his old team um, went went pretty well, but um, I I feel like those two guys are so key to North's success this year. Bury and Russell. Oh, listen! It's it's just the experience that they uh, that they sort of bring there. Bury's the, uh, the the captain. He had a bit of a, a neck complaint, so sort of stood down. And 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 Russell's working his way back from a a, a bit of an ankle twist against uh, against Gordon. But uh, you know, uh, Duffy and uh, and Sinclair once again ran ran the show pretty well. Uh, as you said, James Turner at thirteen. It's uh, it it just shows that that there are options there if uh, things happen. Uh, Later in the year, thirteen, uh, as you know, is the most difficult uh, position on the field, barring uh, barring tight end prop. Is that right, Berger? Yes, yes, it certainly is. Uh, no, probably very limited about both those positions, or probably closer to tight end than outside, given my pace. But uh, I thought Max Bury again has still got that X factor that really helped Norse get over the line. Casho, he's uh, he can create something out of nothing, can't he? Yeah, he um, he he had the preseason with the uh, Waratahs, and I think he sort of 
still coming in and uh, and, and training at, uh, at at different times. But uh, you are right; he uh, he does have gas. He he gets through uh, through gaps, and he also comes up and does a bit of. Uh, first receiver sort of stuff uh, late, late in games when things start to uh, open up. But uh, thankfully for North, their scrum uh, uh, was, uh, you know, West through the uh, kitchen sink at them and they uh, they managed to uh, get through in, in, in pretty solid style. Jack Brewer having a good game there. My just final thoughts on, on the Pirates. My, one of my favourite players, I reckon, in the shoot shoe at the moment is um, Kelly Ovenathina, the um, I think he played. Uh, I think he played six on the weekend for for West Hub. He just seems to be in everything, doesn't he? Um, the big uh, uh, Fijian back rower. He's, yeah, he's always um, the, Who's the big number eight, Swaney, that came on? He was a monster. Yeah, Valhea. Oh, um, yeah. Big unit or oh, I don't know if it was Mahi or Valhea. They. <laughs> he's a big blocker. Oh, he scored a big. I scored a try in the uh, second half and just barged his one. Over, but they've got some size, the Pirates. But I'm with you, mate. Nathena's—he's uh, been outstanding this season, hasn't he? I reckon he's one of my favourite players to watch. Just every time they do something, he's—he's he's around about there, and mm. um, yeah, I, I hope he—I hope he can continue that form um, and keep it keep it going because it's good to watch. Mm. All right, I'm going to move on to uh, what I reckon was match of the round, and Kasha, you're on hand at TG Milner to watch the absolute. Uh, tit-for-tat game between the Woodies and the Rats. Not many people would have given Rats much of a hope uh, taking on Eastwood, who have been pretty pretty solid all year, although, uh, you know, Coach Batcher has been warning there's been seen a few worrying sides from his Woodies, and maybe there's a little bit of that in the weekend. But take nothing away from Ringer. I thought they were enterprising, played sensational footy, uh, Dean Bloor came back in at 10, was fantastic. Their back three is just dynamite. Uh, Tupo, uh, Cheekam, and Ben Ma, who I've been propping up ice as my catchpole front runner, but I think Ben Ma might actually be edging him now. He is just electric. And um, yeah, just so impressive from Moringa, wasn't it, Kasha? Yeah, it certainly was. And one of the more interesting things Mike Riven told me afterwards was that their assistant coach, um, uh, Jeff Tuvey, uh, uh, did the uh, did the pregame address? Uh, obviously, uh, touching on uh, on things that the uh, coaching staff agreed that they needed to do to uh, to sort of beat Eastwood. But uh, if you actually look at the stats in this game, God knows how um, how uh, Warringah won it. Mm. Uh, two penalty tries, two yellow cards resulting from those uh, penalty tries. I think they had uh, Eastwood had something like sixty to seventy percent of possession. The same went for field position, and they also snaffled probably eighty to ninety percent of the ringer throws. So, uh, mm. how does that work? Uh, you know, Benny Batcher was a was a, a very angry man afterwards. So there were a, a lot of grim faces outside the dressing sheds there at uh, at TG Milner. But you are right about uh, about Ben Marr. Listen, he was just absolutely superb. I you know I, I found watching him was uh, was quite exhausting. But they just took. The chances when they came, uh, got in, got into the right positions on the field, and uh, you know Eastwood, I thought uh, were were a team that uh, had had a certain amount of immaturity about them. I think they uh, they felt that things 
were just going to happen. Yeah, they did look a little flat, I have to say, from watching the game back. And uh, oh, good to see Ben Maher getting really stuck into the East, <laughs> Eastwood. Must have been a reunion side there in the Hawaiian shirt, Sloaney. But uh, oh, that's the things you love to see at Park Footy, mate, just getting stuck in. I was going to say, he, he loves the theatre of it, doesn't he? We, we, I reckon one of the features that we're seeing of Ben Maher is those crazy eyes because he had them again on uh, on Saturday and then... Yeah, I mean, they were giving it to him when he was kicking for that goal and yep. um, and he puts it over and then turns around and just says, oh. you know, uh, excuse me to the to those guys in the Hawaiian shirts. And then at the end of the game when he kicked it out, he ran straight over and put the hand behind the ears. Yep. Yeah, he yeah. Really so it was, uh, you know what? I love that. I love seeing that. I feel yep. like uh, it's all about the theatre. And um, and he he really uh, he really stuck it to them. So and probably went inside for some Chinese afterwards. So that was that was good. Uh, yeah, great result. It was a cracking game, wasn't it? Cracking yeah. finish too. It was a cracking game and a huge result for the Rats. One player I've got to mention for Ringa, who's caught my eye from the get go. Because anyone that's going to take over from a legend like Josh Holmes uh, is always going to catch your eye. But this Harry Anderson Brown. Looks like a very dependable, very dynamic halfback casher. Yeah, very much so. I think uh, I think uh, River, being a, a former Warringah uh, number ten, he probably wants his decision makers to uh, have ten and twelve on their backs. So uh, the mm. idea is to uh, get it away from uh, from the uh, what do they call it the uh, the breakdown the uh, the Shit fight that's uh, the yep. breakdown and, uh, yep. and and get it out into the middle of the field. So their guys like Ben Maher and other, other people like that, Charlie Tupu can uh, can uh, can get some running in, into their legs. But uh, listen, he is good. He's got a very good, uh, very, very good, uh, very good pass, and uh, he's doing well. You know, coming in the uh, in, in in the wake of a legend, a club legend like Josh Holmes. Mm, yeah, we're probably paying a lot of credit to uh, Ringer's backline, but their forwards deserve a lot of credit too because to go toe to toe with Eastwood uh, is easier said than done. They're you know very ably serviced in the front row with Rory O'Connor. You know needs no introduction there, and Sam needs. Uh, I thought their back row were excellent, McKill and Sutter particularly. Uh, but if if those four if those eight forwards can can uh, hold up the ledger for Ringer this year, they've got a backline as good as any, don't they, Swaney? Oh yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I I love the look of Mar. We just spoke about him before, um, and you know, Bloor um, doing well as well. So yeah, that's no, um, but they're just as they're as good as anyone. Mm. Oh well, it'll be interesting, and it's a huge win for the Rats who uh, just be. Full of confidence after a win like that at Milner. Um, we might jump into another eye-catching result. Maybe not for the best reasons. Maybe for one side, though. Hunter 86, Penrith 10. Now, uh, Penrith have obviously, you know, uh, by nature of who they are, they're usually not as competitive as, as many of the other sides. But has the penny dropped for Hunter Casho? Have they maybe clicked into gear? Because that's a big scoreline. You uh, you actually feel that way, don't you? Uh, it, it's been a long time coming, but I think it finally has dropped. And uh, yeah, eighty six points is, uh, is 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 a good way to start things off. They, you know, they're uh, they're obviously going to uh, uh, take it up the middle with uh, with with this Penrith side, and then uh, and then once they've earned the right to go wide, to uh, to actually go wide, and that's the that's the way it turned out. You, you know, you can see you, we've got uh, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven tries scored by their uh, their, their, their starting backline. So uh, good effort there, including a hat trick to Mike Ciali. So uh, yeah, listen, good good to see because uh, I think a robust uh, Hunter Wildfire side is a very important part of this uh, Shoot Shield competition going forward. Yeah, I think so, and um, you know they'll be looking to build from this. Uh... They're sitting, obviously, played 5-1-1, lost four, but it doesn't get any easier. But uh, some signs of life uh, up at Newcastle, hey, Swaney, for Bubba Coleman and his men. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I echo what Casho just said. I feel like it's important for the shoot shield that they're, you know, they're, they're starting to, to make a bit of a run. And I think that they, um, I think that the, the road trip up to Newcastle for teams as well, to make that difficult, that's something that Bubba Coleman, I reckon, needs to needs to instill into this team. Um, you know, it's a good start against Penrith, but they'll need to do that consistently. Mm, all right, we'll move on to the final fixture of the round, which was at Sydney University. Uh, University down the Marlins, forty-eight to thirteen. Too good. Uh, I didn't get over to University Oval. Uh, Parenting has uh, has struck me down. It was a bit of a late kickoff, so it's encroaching on dinner time, you would say. But I watched uh, with two children under five uh, a game of football that you're heavily invested in is not the most pleasurable experience. So I can't recommend that. Um, but uh, uni just far too good. The game sort of started off pretty tight. It was a bit of a kicking duel. Um, uni were getting a lot of pay from their box kicking. Obviously, yeah, Henry Robertson was out, but Banjo Travers came in and deputised beautifully. Um, big trending on the cap- Caterpillar kicks these days. They're, uh, you know, but all, a lot of sides I've seen the shoot shield are, are using that box kick really effectively. But uh, Manly, unfortunately, just every error they made was just pe- uh, just punished by a try. It was just it was just a straight. As soon as you make an error, they'd punish you and. Uh, unfortunately, just fitter, faster, stronger. Manly, you know, the forwards did quite well. They were, probably had the edge on uni at the scrum, uh, but university just too complete against uh, against the Marlins. And, uh, yeah, Manly going to have to do a little bit more soul-searching, but uh, uni um, are just uh, humming along. But I do think some of the other sides may trouble them in the next few weeks. It's just, you know, how much more they can they can build up under Rob Taylor, but they're looking ominous again, uh, Casho. Burjo, they're, uh, they're, they're machine-like. Their performances really aren't they. Even mm. uh, you mentioned the box kicking there before. You know, every everyone knows their role. And, yep. you know, uh, Rob Taylor sent me a text before the game just sort of like outlining that uh, that they recorded 15 points in their, uh, in, in their team selections this week, which is one point for each player. Every player in in that uh, match day squad had, had been through their through their cult system, so they're very familiar with each other, and they just know where to be and what to do at different sort of times. On, on the manly front, I think they're uh, they've got the bones of a pretty handy side. Uh, they, they just need time in the saddle together. So, as you said, they've they got a very good scrum. Their back rows, uh, their, their back rows, going to get. Uh, uh, better the, the the more time they uh, sort of have on the field, but they're probably handicapped by, you know, a, a, some poor decision making, some pretty poor kicking. Yep. Maybe maybe they should have uh, tried to uh, go for the try when uh, when that order um, you know uh, had a, had a couple of uh, uh, penalty goal attempts. Maybe that would have got them uh, in, in, into the game a bit more and uh, rattled that uni cage. But uh, listen. The uni are on uh, on top of the cup for a reason, so uh, you know they're uh, 
They're very machine-like. Just three tries that they scored um, just were scintillating, weren't they? They're just they're entertaining. Um, they they you know they're skillful. Uh, they carry hard, but they they just their finishing was brilliant. Like Clements had spiders on him at one or two points during that game. Mm. Um, you know, and then that try before halftime really really killed Manly, didn't it? Um, yeah, it was a killer. Yeah. They're sort of hanging in there for a bit, but. Um... Uh, watching Clements, um, he's beefed up. He's he's a better athlete than what he was the last couple of years. He's really put in a monster preseason. So good on him for that. You can just tell he looks um, a yard quicker and just a little bit stronger in contact. So yeah, they just um, you know they're the polished article and uh, they're going to take some some stopping. And I was interesting reading those comments from Taylor Casho about you know maybe defending the university um, structure and the way they they do things. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I've always thought that uh, uh, uni work hard and uh, they obviously get lucky a, a, a fair bit. But uh, you know, th- there is that uh, that work ethic there, and that's uh, that's uh, what uh, what Rob's brought back uh, this year, and uh, it's it's obviously paying dividends. And it, listen, he the reason why he spoke to me was because he was uh, he was going into bat. For his players, because he feels as though that uh, uh, they're getting a bit of a bad rap around the place in terms of uh, you know, like you're uh, you, you you're just uh, heading off to the uh, the star chamber that's uh, uh, Sydney University, and uh, nothing could be further than than the case because they they just work hard and get better each uh, each year. Rob even was saying about how some of their their more credentialed cults that join them. Probably take a year or two to actually get in into the groove and uh, and uh, feel as though that they can cope with the uh, with with the training road load and then uh, and then the performance on field go from there. So and you're seeing that right throughout uh, there. You know you have Eddie King at the back there, Mitch Mitch Whiteley who's got a premiership under his belt, uh, Declan Moore, Tom Osborne, McCalman. Uh, Hood, you know, and you know, uh, an experienced veteran like Clooney's Ross. So, uh, mm. yeah, listen, hats off to them. I, I, I think they've got a, uh, uh, they're setting the standard, and uh, it's up to some of the clubs to, uh, to uh, pull up their socks and and get up there with them. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting around comments around recruitment um, of players. I, I don't think anyone in the Shoot Shield thinks that uni recruiting great. The reason is they don't really need to. And that's mainly because every year in Colts, they'll get an intake of the best schoolboy players available. Um, a lot of those players will uh, be Australian uh, Australian schoolboys players. And uh, I know you've now got as much as six under-20s players uh, this season. So it just goes to show you the, the quality of player they get into that organisation from the start. And the reality is at uni, they don't leave. It's... If you got an ambition, and everyone in that organisation has a lot of ambition, Taylor said that to me, Tom Carter said that to me, um, that's, a, that's a critical thing. Players are really ambitious at that club, and they just don't lose players to other clubs. Why would you? You're likely to win a competition first, second, third, or fourth grade. Um, the reality is where most clubs and the animosity spawns is when players are junior players from districts, and they get through to private schools and they star for a, for a Joey's or a Barker or a Knox. And then when it comes time to play Colts, the reality is a lot of these kids are going to go to uni because the temptation is there to, one, 
fulfil their ambitions and maybe two, pursue their academic interests. And you just can't compete with that. Um, so that is where the major gripe comes from. From so from Robert's perspective, it's it's nothing to do with grade. No, no one begrudges uni as an incredibly good rugby organisation with great players, great facilities, and incredibly good coaching. It's more about the retention of players at that critical age where you'd expect, you, you know, I, I know players and I could name players that I've seen that have ended up winning premierships at, at university and are manly juniors from, from, from under nine. So I've seen players play in my brother's year. That's just is what it is. Um, that's where that animosity probably comes from. And it's such a stable line of success. You've got great players that are well coached that will go to grade. Um, if they don't get picked up by super rugby players, they're still there. and then. They've had the bulk of the Waratahs, let's be honest, for the last 10 to 15 years. So they've come in at the end of the end of the season. So unfortunately for uni, they're always going to be on the nose with the rest of the competition because of their success and because of some of their advantages. And that's just part and parcel. But um, as I've said to a few people, it, it also drives other clubs to try and achieve what they can. Um, but look, there are some distinct disadvantages, but is what it is. A bit like brothers in Queensland, hey, Swaney, the filth. <laughs> Mate, I was going to say university in Queensland. That's it's very, uh, it's it's very familiar. Yeah. Um, up there, the bloody bookworms. Um, no, it's uh, you know, it, successful clubs. People are always going to uh, try and find a way to bring them down and bring them back to the pack, aren't they? For and sure. um, and uh, and and that's not that's not university's fault. Um, but also the other clubs should be building themselves up to be as good as them. Um, and, yeah, I, I can see, I can definitely see, you know, the forest for the trees in terms of, you know, the, the there's definitely reasons why the team should feel aggrieved, but um, um, they're, they're, they're going really well and uh, you've got to try and knock them off. We can't change it at the moment. Well, that's what... Yeah, the, some, of the, some of the other clubs around the place... Uh, you know, I, I know the Marlins, Burjo have a have a link with the uh, ICMS uh, up up there on the on, on the hill there at Manly, and there's uh, there's also uh, Gordon have a, a strong link with UTS, Ramwick are at uh, the University of New South Wales, and there's there's other academic institutions there. So, uh, but you know, Uni have been doing this for uh, for twenty odd years, and. Uh, what uh, you know, they've featured in uh, grand finals eighteen of those last of the twenty years. So uh, mm. you know they're, uh, they're 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 probably a bit more experienced than uh, some of the other clubs. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, something to aspire to for everyone else in the shoot shield. Mm. Yeah, look, it's not a debate. That's it's new at all. It's uh, it's been going for a long, long time. Um, and, you know, I guess, <laughs> you know, you'll just have to keep uh, fighting the detractors. But, look, they love it. Um, you know, uh, I'll never forget that 20, 2018 when they uh, took on the Rats at North Sydney Oval and the, the famous catch cry that the rest of the competition adopted, the anyone but uni, was proudly displayed by the, the students themselves. So, uh, you know, they, they love it. They like to turn the rhetoric on the rest of the competition. And, I got lots of people I know at uni, and they're all good guys, and they recognise how strong an organisation is. But um, yeah, it's just it's just good, and that's what makes victories over university, albeit rare, very special. <laughs> so on that note, we'll move on. Um, round six is approaching. Um, got some interesting games. Uh, the Ruddies will be taking on Penrith. Oh, I would have think Rats would be too strong at home uh, for Penrith on that occasion. 
South's take on the wildfires uh, will be interesting, as well will be Manly and the Pirates. Uh, all those teams are going to have to look to uh, to put a market in if they want to be any hope of, of nabbing a top six spot, uh, Kasher. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But uh, listen, uh, elsewhere there's some cracking games. Randwick at Gordon at Coogee, mm. North and Eastwood at uh, North Sydney Oval, and uh, probably you know one one of one, one of the great games of the Shoot Shield over uh, many many years. Sydney Uni versus Eastern Suburbs. So uh, yeah, listen, uh, what an absolute cracking round. Mm, Swaney, you are. Uh... Mate, where are you heading uh, this weekend, mate? You local? Or you're heading across the ditch? You got a bubble passport? Uh, you had your AstraZeneca? What's happening, mate? I'm I'm calling the Force V Chiefs on Saturday night, um, which will be wonderful. Um, but uh, not allowed into WA at the moment, so um, just calling it from this side of the country. The McGowan um, Cup. The McGowan Cup. That's 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 it. <laughs> One that's person it. there. <laughs> Um, it's it, that'll be that'll be good though, but that's that's a that's a late one on Saturday night. So there's actually some some great uh, rugby on on stand on Saturday. You can watch club rugby in the afternoon into um, into a bit of Kiwi action um, from across the ditch on Saturday Arvo, um, and that game is the Crusaders and the Brumbies at five o'clock, and then El, El Clasico that one. Yeah, yeah. Although, as I said before, the Brumbies battling injuries massively, so I think you'll probably see a fairly different Brumbies side to the one we saw on Saturday uh, roll out there. And then you got Rebels Blues, and then the Force V Chiefs at ten PM. So, and then you can watch all the you can watch rugby from three PM to midnight on the, mm. on Saturday. And actually, there might be some top league before that, so it might even be midday to midnight. Um, on stand, if you if you so desire. So, geez, Swaney, that's uh, that's divorce material, really, isn't it? Or <laughs> at least uh, a withdrawal services there for a little while. My wife's at the Scone Cup, so that's a result. I just might have to uh, find a babysitter for the kids because um, they won't see me for twelve hours. So uh, scone... I'll just let them run free in the backyard. That'll be fine. The Scone uh, Cup, mate. Say no more. Gee whiz, that's going to be a fair afternoon on the. On the rosé, yeah. Well, Scone Cups normally—it's actually Friday, but um, they they normally have a bit of a, a bit of a do on the Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great arvo of sport. Casho, um, I, I know you'll be um, just on the hill there at North Sydney Oval in your upteenth uh, Shiraz, watching the Shawman take on the Woodies. I would have thought. Yeah, listen, that's uh, that's that's my preferred venue for uh, for this weekend. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Benny Batch is feeling at the, at the at the end of that game. He's uh, he's looking for a reaction from his uh, from his Eastwood side. I think he'll have Michael Isley uh, back in the, in in that back row. Mm-hmm. Maybe missing Muliafi, the, uh, the 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 centre, but there's uh, there's plenty of depth there at uh, Eastwood, and they'll uh, they'll take it to North. That's for sure. Beautiful. All right, gents, thanks for your time this evening. Or enjoy the rugby and I'll catch you next week. Look forward to it, mate. Thanks, Burjo. See you, Swaney.